Hello and welcome to Gatsby Fridays, a show about getting the best out of a creative life from two creative directors working around the world and based in New York City. I'm your host, Alex Tremileo. And I'm Sarah Semi. Today we celebrate pop culture legacy of the one and only Dolly Parton. We talk about her legacy as a visual icon and what she has come to represent. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays. Alex, before we get into our conversation, let's do a check-in. How are you and what are you wearing? I'm feeling great. I am feeling I'm feeling really good. Uh, it's a little humid outside. A little. No, it's it's very humid outside. With like all these thunderstorms going on and, and Hurricane Henri coming through, but uh, I'm feeling good. I'm excited. I'm sorry, did you just French pronounce the hurricane? It's not Henry? No, it's Henri. That's how That's how everyone's pronouncing it. Really? Yes. I've only seen written it down. I was like, <laughs> what is this? The French hurricane now? Is it coming from France? I think I think Hurricane Henry was a the the proper right? way to say Henry, not the proper, the, the American way to say Henry, has been used for a hurricane before. So I think they're I don't know. Hurricanes are done in alphabetical order, right? Yeah, there was yeah. a grace in Mexico while so, we were having Henry. I don't know. Everyone's Henry. been everyone's been calling it Henri. I hope. Because <laughs> now. I'm just laughing because I was like, I, I kept seeing it written with an I. Yeah, that's why that's that's why I pronounce it that I've way. But I've never heard, I guess, because I don't do like live television news anymore, that I haven't heard anyone say it out loud. Well, it's, it's spelled with an I. That's yeah. why I call it Henri. I mean, you could be right. It could be Henry. But why would they spell it with an I then? So that they're not confused. Probably. I don't know. It's like Target versus Target. Well, but there's the no, most tackiest there are no, there, there isn't an accent on Target, on Target, for it to be called Target, I think. Um, That's why they don't call it Target. They don't call it Target because it's Target. Yeah, because it's, it's Target, side, of course. But people make that stupid, tacky joke I like lo- 15 I, years ago, I, so it's like, you it's know, a good it's like, joke. It's, I like it. Oh, it makes me... I got my Alexander McQueen at Target. It makes me, like, shiver. (laughs) But, yeah. I'm feeling good. I am... You know, I'm wearing, like, a basic gray polo. Um, It's not that basic. It's got stuff going on on it. So, it's by... It's got seams in the front. So, it's by one of my favorite designers uh, that did a collaboration with Uniglo. uh, Engineer Garments, a Japanese, Japanese brand. And I'm, I'm wearing camouflage camo pants, um, a socks, white white tube socks, which is so like high school, uh, junior high school gym, and my white sneakers. But I'm feeling good. How are you, Sarah? And what are you wearing? I'm doing a little better now than mm. an hour ago. Yes. Definitely. Um, it's been a stressful time mm. in general for me. Um, so I just came uh one more step closer to the goal today so that's that feels good a little bit but it took a long time i hate asking for people i I hate asking people for things and like waiting on it and growling for it and you know sometimes i'm blown away by their kindness to strangers how how quickly and willingly they come for you to support and then so surprising sometimes like the people that you think you've known for so long are just they just take the longest and like it's it makes you like I'm like come on like don't make me ask one more time don't make me beg one more time so it's just kind of very emotionally draining time but we've come to that one one hurdle down so that's a bit of a relief but it's not done yet no but this was a big hurdle that you this was that a big hurdle over. yeah so I mean 
like the first reaction is tears and then it's like comatose there's no joy yet it's not there's no energy yet like i'm just I mean, like a, the relief is just gives out like it's not like oh my god it's done like it's not like that it's like okay i don't even think you have the energy for relief no, it's just, just it's just done, done. Um, I'm wearing this animal uh, cheetah print um, Abercrombie dress with a very sweet hard tie front, which I like because it makes it makes a very casual dress look slightly more girly and pretty. And they did these series of beautiful dresses last summer. They didn't do as much this year, which was very disappointing because I was so ready. Last summer I didn't, I wasn't ready to buy because you know wow. where was I gonna wear them? I should have bought them last year. <laughs> Because they didn't make them this year. I figured they'll make new ones this year and we'll buy those. And they didn't make as many pretty dresses this year, which was kind of a bummer. Do you feel sad that the season is almost over? That you're not going to be able to wear dresses like this? Yes. Next, Why are you next... reminding me? Well, I'm just, I'm just um, thinking like... No, I thrive in the summer. I, I, like, I don't like the winter. And like I feel like I wear the same sweater for like four months over. I know that sweater. Well, it's, I have lots of gray sweaters. Okay, like, it's not the gray the sweater that I'm but I have many gray sweaters, but I wear only gray sweaters and like leggings, like layers and layers. Nothing feels sexy because it's so bulky and thick and it's cold. I do better in the summer and I also get more excited in the summer for outfits because they're cuter. They're like, you know, you know, so much better. But I also get the Sunday blues, but I also get the Sunday blues at the end of summer. Mm. So August, the light changes, light changed. Yes. Light has changed and that feels like the Sunday of the year to me. So August has always got a little cast of blue for me. And I'm looking forward to the fall because school starts. Yay! <laughs> yeah, means nothing to me. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, why would you remind me of the blues? I'm sorry about that. I, I, I didn't mean to make I'm you feel. Yeah, you. I didn't make okay. you, mean to make you feel down. No, I I just like summer so much better. Alice, let's talk about what makes a good pop culture legacy uh, candidate for us. We've had two of these, and then we've taken very like distinctive approaches to those first two. One of those one was uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The other one we went the blank canvas of the sketchbook yes. so like you know we take very uh open approach to this concept of pop culture legacy so we what i think we do is we have a we have an, a conversation about what constitutes pop culture legacy uh episode kind of do this exhaustive search on how to find a pop culture legacy episode to work on and we go through a list of people we go through a list of products we go through a list of even places and we kind of culminate all that into one specific either person, place, or thing. So pop culture legacy is a noun, literally. <laughs> and I mean, this one came out a little bit more of a casual conversation, though, because we always... The reason we have podcasts is we get into nerdy conversations till the end of time, right? It never ends. And this one came out of a dinner conversation after our season photo shoot. Well, we were also we were also going over, like... Who, as an icon, should we be able to talk about that is wholesome, good, and has a good spirit and no controversy what did she dedicated do? I think, to them? Was it the, maybe, like, what did she do in March? Maybe, was it in March that when they wanted to name this statue, like, they wanted to put up a statue of her and she denied it? And they were like, oh, my God. Once again. 
she's got to be it because once again she's doing an amazing job i think maybe that if there was some there was something that we were talking about clearly these are all very <laughs> uh, lubricated conversations well yes of course they all are <laughs> so um i just I, I don't remember exact details of how we got to it but i was like this aha moment in the middle of dinner and be like <gasps> we both came to the to the epiphany together actually but dolly parton has a unique place in our society and and, and a unique place in the cultural iconography of of people and that was important to us because most of the people that we named i'm not going to name the names that we went through the list but had controversies or had asterisks next to their legacies that we were were not comfortable with their their, uh, i mean their history wasn't as extensive or inspiring like that you know like it's not like she wrote, she has two albums, and then she's this pop star, right? Like, she has a lifetime of references that you can go back and say, she's done this, she's done that, she's done this, she's done that, and she never wavered. Like, she was always on the side of the right, side of the good, and she worked hard, clearly, because you don't put out this much this much material by not working hard. So, like, there's all these things that we admire in a person. She's been doing it for decades. And you're right. We admire her. And I think that was, that's where my heart went. And I think when picking Dolly Parton, I, I went with my heart and I went with what I felt she represented to not only for my own personal background and growing up listening to Dolly Parton, even in my own household uh, that was predominantly hip-hop and Spanish music and R&B, she fit right into that, which was wonderful. That's incredible. She did make it across the ocean to Turkey, I can tell you that. Um, but we didn't have MTV back then. Like, we had MTV Europe. But she did make it because she was in the movie 9 to 5. Movies made it. big crossover hit, yes. Yes, movies made it. And she talks about it uh, in her documentary on Netflix about how she had to fight for that role. Why, why Dolly Parton? I think this past year... If she wasn't already someone that you admired this past year, she has risen above everybody that has a billion gazillion dollars to say, hey, I'm just an artist. Here's a million dollars. This is what I can do to help with this global crisis. And people were so like surprised by that. I mean, weren't you? Like, it's an incredible gesture. And she, you know. and she didn't stop there. She, did, she, put, she put her money where her mouth was. But she didn't stop there. She also took action, and she did her whole reading um, uh, podcast or reading kind of platform that she started doing, where she read stories to people at night. She said she started in COVID. I believe she started it last year. I mean, I could double check that. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she does. So. In the more recent history, she's done these things. And then, like, you know, this past winter, city of Nashville was going to put up a statue of her. And she goes, politely, no, thank you. Maybe after I'm dead, if you still think that I deserve it. But I think there are bigger issues. That I, I love her. And the way that she <laughs> phrases her. it, it's that, got that Southern, like, you know, going about with longer words to make it nicer, saying thank you, but no thank you. Yes. It's, um, even that, like, she, like... I don't think contesting that was just yet another grab at the spotlight. She just really didn't want that statue. They it wasn't didn't ask necessary her. For her. It wasn't necessary. She's like, I don't need it. If you, if you, after I'm dead, it's like, because then she has to like show up for the ceremony of it and the unveiling. And she's like, there are people dying around the world. 
that because she understands that that doesn't it's not just like one statue they put up it's a natural she would have to go <laughs> and like be Maybe there be like actually it's not even just i mean yes she's also 75 this year she turned 75 no one's seen that instagram video of her with the playboy bunny <laughs> when she calls herself what did she call her? She was like, oh, when I was younger on the cover, I was a butterball. Now I'm string cheese. No, no. <laughs> like, it's just. I mean, she's still fabulous. It's fabulous. But you like, was you she's... think it was the same outfit she wore back then? Did she say that? You it? saw the cover? I did, but was it the same? I don't know if it was the same. I don't think it's the same. same. The I don't same. think she would fit into the same one. She called herself butterball before. I think she was just like a little fuller then. But um, when I watched the documentary about her life, I was incredibly surprised that she's she got married in secret from mm-hmm. her in this from her recording executives because they didn't want a married woman on stage at that time and day yeah. and she didn't she didn't try to convince them she just knew that the way to do it wasn't to like trying to change their minds she just went and got married anyway and she kept it secret for a long time which is a very different approach than what the notion of celebrity marriage is now where it's real big yeah. drawn out uh, Insta, you know, it's a big social media event. It's a big cultural event. It's a yeah. Big, and her, and at her time, she simply just wanted to get married and go on with her career and not make it. I part mean, even the way she her, talks about her, uh, about, about their marriage. Um, I think we're gonna bring this interview with Barbara Walters up a lot from very different different angles, points. Yes. Yeah, but. You know, Walters flat out says, like, why get married then? Because you're on the road most of the time. And she's like, you find that one person that you just, you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm on the road. It's my person. Basically, summary. She doesn't use the word, it's my person. (laughs) You use the word, it's my person. I use the word, it's my person. But, like, the summary of that comment is that, you know, Barbara Walters also was very surprised by when when we just watched that video. This interview was uh, 1977. Very yes. disturbing how she, you know, as a woman who's in the spotlight, attacked another woman, right? And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm making absolute assumptions and observations here, like, based on no evidence. But I feel like because she's, like, the serious news reporter, she thinks she's better than... Or, or the, she the thinks she's... The big-haired She's really... Country She's singer. really asking hard questions. And it's, it's not. It's just tearing another woman apart on t- on national television. But in Dolly Parton's defense, I mean, she handled it with grace oh and my gosh, so hate. much poise. So much poise, and she goes, "I know what people think of me, but the jokes on them. I know who I am." And it's like, wow, amazing. Like that comfort, the way she says it, and she's like, "I know who I am. The jokes on them. I, I like. I know they make fun of me, but that doesn't. I don't care. I'm in show business. This is what I do. It's show business. <laughs> like." So the, that whole like interview about like Barbara Walters questioning the marriage and it's like she she just that's kind of a trailblazer approach for a working woman, especially in her in the years that she was doing this. She's just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go on tour and I like my freedom and he gives me my freedom because he doesn't need to cage me to figure out like, you know, to be with me. We already have what we need together. And it's like mind blowing, especially also, you know, as a single woman at my age, there's a lot of people who judge um, stories of sex in the city as like oh how dare they do this it's outdated and I'm like it's not outdated they got so many things right 20 years later I'm watching that show yeah maybe some of the references are a little tackier and you know inappropriately called out but every storyline that they covered is still true 90% of it 
Yes, there's not enough diversity in the show, but that was 20 years ago. None of the TV shows. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying, like, the stories that they covered. So, from that perspective, like, it's not okay that this interview was in the seven, like, late 70s and another woman was in black. Oh, no one, no one, no one that is, bothers is, me is saying that, know, the, that the like, interview with Barbara Walters was, was you know. You I, were, like, cringing. I, it, was, it was horrible. It was so uncomfortable. But I'm looking at it, once again, with my modern lens. And I don't know what, because I was not watching Barbara Walters in 77. Um, I don't know what the general public thought of that. But now, now circumstances are different. And now we're reevaluating what we put women through, especially women who are in the public and, and, and are in the spotlight through. Right. And we're gazing upon them now with new lenses. That's definitely I mean, I know that part, but just uh, from that perspective, the way she carries herself and the way she goes, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. I, the joke's on them. Fabulous. And it's like the way that she Fabulous. does it and they're like beautiful southern drawl and then she's just like, mm, it's okay. Alex, so when we pick a pop culture legacy, we also pick... Um, not just uh, conceptual, uh, not just people who have led exemplary lives, uh, who you know support the concepts we believe in. We also look at them as visual with their visual representation. This was true with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her colors. Like she became a pop culture icon, and the visuals that she's represented. That also goes for the black and white notebooks of uh, and and the moleskins becoming an icon of their own. Like you know aesthetics and that goes so so true for dolly so what makes her such a great icon i i love her as an icon because she's she's just a she's just a real galvanizing figure but the, the specifics about what her legacy as an icon is going to be i think needs to be sussed out because for me initially it's her her hair her yeah. lips her 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 body yeah and at the same time i looked at these these points of view and i started to think to myself i need to kind of look at this with a more modern lens and start removing literally reducing her to a body part whether it be her hair whether it be her, her lips or whether it be her her figure and start looking at her as an icon in total and not just because of her music and her or her politics but because of the graphic representation of who she is. She is a larger than life figure and she made herself look a certain way to draw attention to that. But that's not the bulk of who she is. No, but you know, like you, you all you need to see is a silhouette of her and you know who that is. You need to see a silhouette of her hair and you know who it is. Well, and that's, that's, that's a very successful branding. That's strong. That's strong. But I didn't want that to just be the conversation that we had about Of her. course. That's why we started with all the, the, like, I know myself and people, like, you know, make fun of me thing, references. But by... that said, like, things like when she, when especially when she was starting out, I love the posters that when she was at the uh, Grand Old Opry, uh, those Hatch Prince Show posters that, that she was in. Because I like that style of the Hatch Prince shows. Yeah, and big those, fan. Yeah. I have Patsy Cline hanging behind us right now. We're both very big fans of those. Shout out to Hatch Prince Show. Um, but she has an enduring icon. And no matter where you go, you know what the silhouette of her hair is. You know what the silhouette of her lips in conjunction with the hair is. Even the word Dolly 
is synonymous with her and her only, I believe. There's something that, you know, clearly, like, she was already on the cover of Playbook. There is a sexualization of that figure. I mean, the bosom itself. (laughs) I don't know what other word to use for a Southern lady. (laughs) But um, even with that, there's, there's a level of grace to her that doesn't... Despite the bigness of the hair, despite that film, despite all of that, she still doesn't come off tacky. There's nothing, you know, there's... She doesn't come off... I, I, wanna... I think tacky... I, in the posi- in the most positive sense, I can say, use the word tacky, she uses that to her advantage. Yes. So it's not a negative. That's what it, I'm that's, saying. But that's what I mean. She doesn't come off tacky. I, not, she's not even using it to her advantage. It's just like whatever she put together on its own, maybe if it, if it was on someone else wouldn't have come off as this wholesome brand. Mm. But with her, you see the sexualization, but it doesn't, it's not the only thing that speaks up about her. She's not there just to sell skin. She's not, you know, the figure is there, but she's not going around like, you know, half naked or whatever. Just, she uses it. It's She's not naive, but the whole image is so much stronger than one angle of objectifying her. It's definitely a spectrum. I mean, there is there is a, there is this, the icon of her posing for Playboy magazine, but yet there is also representations of her as a saint at yeah. the same time as well. And those two images, even though they may seem juxtaposed, still stand for who Dolly is, yeah. and that's fine. And that's a that's a wholesome human rep, like that's just one full woman. Yes. That's the thing. Like we want women to either be sexualized or be demure, and like, you can't like you you don't need to separate one from the other. Can I ask you this? Can we still, even though I'm trying to kind of reckon with myself and not reduce Dolly to just the hair or just a silhouette, is there another visual representation we could use? Butterfly, apparently, because her, um, the Dolly, Dolly Land, Dollywood uh, Land, uh, the, the what, Dollywood theme park logo has a butterfly. Apparently, she loves butterflies. She's, I've seen pictures of her in butterfly costumes. That would be great. That would um, be a good, that would be a good icon. I mean, her. she already is using it for her herself, so it's not like, but a butterfly is a butterfly. It's also in 90s and, you know, Salma Hayek in a crop top. So... <laughs> It's a butterfly. You don't know those? Like, there was a lot of butterfly no. tops in, like, the 90s, oh, like, early 2000s. Oh, okay, the tops. I thought, and like, then all I'm thinking is, prints. like, no. Like, the entire top is a butterfly, and it's a crop top. And they, you know, there's... Salma Hayek, with her figure, has definitely leveraged that top. Um, so, no, I mean, I, that's the thing, though. Like, there's nothing wrong with her. She's not being reduced to her hair. It is who she is. She embraces it so wholly that it doesn't feel like it's taking away from her. Right? Like, she that's, she she already knows. She wears the hair. She likes it. She's known for the wigs and she's known for her hair. And I think that's that's fine. But I don't want that to be the only... It's not. ...graphic representation, I think, of, of what I want to remember her as. I think it should be the whole person. There should be... Actually, there should be a new icon that is... Why are you, why are you like negating the hair as a thing? Because I don't want it to just be hair. It's not just the hair, but that's her image. So what was it with the the Ginsburg then? Just the collars? It was a collar and glasses. Well, just be, well then I don't want her to be just collars and glasses. Yes. True. I agree. And she's not. (laughs) 
but that's the thing but she's not but that's like when that's the beauty of distilling a person into these very iconic yes that essence is the hair and she chose the hair for herself to be her representation i don't know what bothers you about that i want i want I, i don't think it bothers me i feel like i don't I don't want to, as a male, gazing upon the icon of who she is to just be reduced to simply her hair. So just and because a collar is less sexual and less, uh, I don't know. Sexualized, yeah. That's... Less sexualized and has more, I don't know, it's not as, uh, it's less vain that it's okay to be graphically represented by a collar versus hair. That's not fair. I, I love. I spend a lot of time on my hair, and it still doesn't look good as hers. <laughs> Just saying, she chose that for herself. It's, yes, and she used that to her advantage, and she is proud of the hair. So then I feel like, I feel like maybe this is sometimes where it's like you know, the you as a respectable man. <laughs> want to approach women in a respectful way but then that's i i in my opinion feels a little bit more like an overcorrection. Mm. you're so worried about like you know giving her the value that she deserves and you don't want to give it to the hair but she chose the hair i want it to be part i want it to be part of her visual language not just the only symbol that represents her that's all i think the hair i yeah of course because i could i could over course correct and and then that in and of itself be can become a problem or an issue. So I am not the one, I don't want to be the one to say, well, it shouldn't be here because I don't want to reduce her to a body part or, or, or a body That's attachment. Okay. It's not though. It should That's just okay. be part of the repertoire that represents her icon. Like she, a part of her icon is her costumes. Which are fabulous. I, I've, I've been to the, um, the museum of, what country museum of, what? In not, Nashville. In, in Nashville, con- museum of country music. I couldn't even put the words together. Museum of Country Music in Nashville. And there's like a whole lot. Like she donated like a lot of her outfits there. And it's like lines and lines. Like you see this walls covered in. And they're incredibly detailed, beautiful. Yeah, they accentuate the waistline and the top parts. But but that's, that's what she used. And she's like, you know, when she walks on the stage with that, I don't feel like anything is taken away from her mm. from that sense. It's empowering in a way to be able to use that. I personally find that line very difficult to tread. Like, you know, you don't want to be too sexual and then you want to be appropriate. But then I'm like, I don't want to be prude. I was supposed to go to a dinner party. And I I honestly, my friend was like, wear a dress. And I realized, I don't know, my dresses are a little, maybe, they might, my, all my dresses might have a little bit of a slutty edge to them. That like is Are they going to be appropriate for this? And I, I don't know why I'm so worried about this. Because of this kind of like, Am I too? Am I putting out too much of myself on on the spot? Or Dolly wouldn't care. <laughs> Dolly would be like, "This is my hair. This is my dress, and that's me." And maybe I need to remind myself of that. That's why I'm maybe reacting to what you're saying because I also get frustrated. I don't want to be taken less seriously because I'm I'm pushing that side of me forward. But I'm also why not? And I think that's great. And I think I I, I appreciate that part of her. And I appreciate every facet of who she is and what her icon represents and i'm listening i'm listening sarah why is dolly parton's symbol or icon so meaningful today 
it's not just the hair or the outfit or the silhouette. It's it's a woman who has made a career and name for herself, uh, who is over time without looking for you know the spotlight about it has given back um, to her community. Um, she has created a book club to have books reach people, uh, children who who would otherwise not learn how to read. Um, and that's that's a direct uh, in relation to where she comes from in mm-hmm. her heritage. Um, and on top of like she just over time has done so much. She didn't just write songs. She didn't when she when she did some good, it wasn't in front of the cameras always. I'm sure she had moments in front of the cameras, but like it wasn't like for that. And I think in you just have this gut sense of like a wholesome human being who is just really good at writing songs and singing them. And knows how to manipulate the media to her advantage in a good way. Like, it's a it's a strength. It's something to admire. And more recently, like she has done a lot of different things on, like that has gone past her um, music. She's done, well, her documentary was on Netflix, and she also did this like limited series of, kind of you know a little sudden chicklet type of uh, little love stories, um, based on her song lyrics. So each episode is like represents one of her songs that are famous, which is very sweet. Um, and she's in them in a different way. Like, you know, she's not the one singing them and playing the lead role in them. She's just, you know, like it's very she's done all this like creative work. She has a book talking about the history of these songs. She has many books, obviously. And like we said earlier in the show, like more recently that, you know, when COVID happened, she was like, well, what can I do? I'm going to donate some money for research specifically to fix this thing because I can't just sit back and do nothing. But like she did it and then they tried to do the statue and she denied the statue. It's just she has this overall incredible human being that you aspire to be. She represents good values. She doesn't like I, I don't see anything she's like, you know, I don't of all of history of paparazzi, if there was something shady about her, we would have heard by now. Yes. People would go digging. They just couldn't find anything. What's your favorite image of her? Image of her? I think the hatchet pins. Yes. And that black and white, like, young photo of her. That's like, you realize she's not looking at the camera. Like, denim shirt. Yes. I love a good denim shirt. We talked about those she, a lot. She, she pulls off a great denim shirt. That was an image that was done in the 70s. Um, that's one of my favorite images and it's been re it's been repurposed and retranslated into so many different uh, mediums uh, one of the fun ones that I remember that I really like was the classic velvet painting of, of 70s early early 80s era of her in that classic pose uh, once again the hatch print show uh, posters the grand old Opry posters are some of the most enduring images of her that I love. Yeah, it's yeah, but we we tend to like those more, uh, you know, we are textured, the yes. textured visuals that like you know that's fair. Um, she, I think she's like especially now like the way that she talks about herself is so inspiring. Like she like you know only my plastic surgeon would know because I hassle him and like it's just she just kind of she's like this is who I am. I I just love who I am and you should too. Yes, you should love yourself and me. And it's like, like, let's do that. I love you. I love me too. 
And now for our favorite part of this week and every episode, our signature cocktail. Sarah, what do you have for us? So we wanted to do a cocktail that's obviously as has as, as big of a presence as Dolly, it, Dolly's image does. But also, like, you know, when you go online and look for these, like, cocktails, there's, like, you know, there's they're named after her songs. They're, they Most of them use Southern Comfort. <laughs> Which she I, doesn't I, even drink. <laughs> so, I mean, so we want, I wanted something that was, you know, that represented a South without Southern Comfort, I guess. And that had the spirit of, like, her sweet presence. So I saw this recipe recently for a peach... Aperol spritz. So we got some Amaro, which we're using for the first time for a cocktail. And I then I, I want to call this the Southern Butterfly, dedicate to her, not just her songs, her as a whole icon. And she seems to like the butterfly as her own logo. So it's the Southern Butterfly. You use a whole bottle of pink sparkling wine, wine Prosecco probably. And two ounces of Aperol and half an ounce of Amaro. And we picked Ramazzotti because we were, you know, it's our first time experimenting with um, with Amaro. So we kind of, we had the little chat with the, the liquor store with the, <laughs> with the guy who, who, who I've been questioning with everything this summer. Um, so he recommended this one. And so we went with that and I think that was a good choice. It was, uh, it's sweet, but it's not overly sweet because it's got the peaches and you put a little bit of like citrus slices in the thing. So it's, it's refreshing. It's light and it's got the Southern peaches and that's, that's what we call the Southern butterfly. It looks great. It's bold. It's colorful. It's beautiful. And it's served, uh, in a great looking glass. Yes. So we have this beautiful bubble glass with a silver rim and we filled it with slices of citrus and peaches. So the whole thing, you can't just mix and pour. Like it needs to be this whole event where the glass also has a presence. The The garnish is like half the glass is full of fruits and it's delicious. Cheers. Cheers. Sarah, this is our final episode of this season. Season three. Season three. I, I mean, we and made it. it's 19 episodes this season. We doubled our, we almost doubled our output, which is amazing. So with this, this one episode included, since day one, we have put out 41 episodes. I just want to, I just want to, for reference, say there are 52 weeks in a year. <laughs> yes. 41 episodes unique content for each one of them it has been an incredible challenge but also so rewarding to really stay on schedule not wavering every friday that we're saying we're in season we drop we never skipped a season i mean we never skipped an episode yeah and i um, mean we only did one anniversary episode which i think was appropriate for what it was in of terms course. of like re reusing that so basically we recorded that's the only one that we didn't record from fresh we we made unique content for each one of these about how designers should approach life and productivity we've how, had guests. yes we've had guests how non-designers should approach us how we should you know, stand up for the values we believe in. Yes. The guests. Oh my God, the guests. We, we've been so 
so blessed with very fortunate like very fortunate with people who have thought that we are worthy of their time to to sit down and talk with us and the places that we've been i mean going to the dia beacon was was such a cool trip that a trip to soho was yes. such a great trip I think Chelsea is still my favorite, surprisingly. Chelsea it was, was a so fun cold. One. It Chelsea was so was, cold. Chelsea was a fun one, and it didn't work out. It, it worked out finally to our advantage. It didn't work out to the way what it our planned. itinerary was planned. Yes. Yeah, but you know that's New York, right? Like you, things just always throw you around, and then you end up in some other amazing experience. I love it. Um, so we have more coming. We're not done yet. I think we have. We're gonna have more content. Thank you for hanging with us. For a list of the resources mentioned in this episode, hop onto our site, GatsbyFridays.com. You can find the recipe for the Southern Butterfly at GatsbyFridays.com. For show notes, if you want to leave a comment, suggest a show topic, get at us on our site. Don't forget to rate us and give us five stars or write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get us in front of more ears and build our audience. Or if you're a Spotify person, make sure to follow Gatsby Fridays. Follow us on Instagram for exclusive content like Alex making this week's cocktail on our Insta stories throughout the week. We're going to have more content. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to connect with our audience in the future. In, in person. In person. Our vaccinated audience. Yes. Now we, that the city is open in September with vaccination requirements, we will go along with that. Till next time. This, this is, is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays.